0: Praise the Lord! This is Evangelist Julius Adewumi of the Gospel Distribution Ministry Today I am continuing the sermon on the rest of God that we saw in the book of Genesis where God said on the seventh day God rested and he also noted in another place that I swore in my Lord lest they enter into my rest and Apostle Paul and the writers of the scripture were saying the rest that God was referring to them means they still are coming another rest that God was alluding to that day that we enter into that rest we rest from their labors, and I was trying to describe from to explain the two the, the, the rest of God in the book of Genesis God was referring to the rest as the millennial rest of 1000 years of Christ on earth which we saw in the book of Revelation chapter 20 when Satan and all his cohorts will be locked up in the bottomless pit and there will be no more diseases no more death, no more sorrow, no more pain for that one thousand years. years. And I also pointed it out that when God said, I will restore, say the Lord, God was restoring human beings gradually back to the state that we, Adam lost. Adam lost one Adam lost immortality by the sin in the in the Garden of Eden. And when immortality was lost the Bible said in the day eat of the forbidden fruit that same day he will die. So he died before the 1,000 years clocked. And one day with the Lord is a 1,000 years. That's why when God said he created the world in six days, it was prophetic of 6,000 years for mankind. On the seventh day God rested, that also is is prophetic of the 7,000 year reign of Christ on earth, which we see in the book of Revelation, when Satan will be locked up, in the bottomless pit and there will be peace on earth peace and rest from all sorrows rest from all labors rest from all diseases and sicknesses from all the demons that are causing those evil things are locked up praise the lord then we also talk about the rest of god that we can also enter into when we receive christ and we are born again it's a form of rest is the state of being where you are free from diseases you are you are tasting of the, of, the, of the life of the world to come. It's a form of rest That we say we are people that are partakers of the, of the power of the world to come And that is a form of rest when you are free from diseases and sicknesses because your sins have been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ And that is what Apostle Paul was referring to when he said, we that have believed, we have entered into rest And that is a form of rest also and that is the healthy state of mind. Hebrew chapter four, from verse one to verse eleven, describe what we can enter into. That we are also resting from our labors. Verse ten said, "For he that is entered into his rest, he also assists from his own works, as God did from His." Now, how do we get into it? Let me read further off of verse twelve. Where so he said, "Let us." Verse eleven said, "Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest." Now when you say labor to enter into that rest, it's not talking about entering into the millennium you have to do some laboring, no. If you are born again and you are saved, you are one of the people that if you die you will be resurrected to enter into the millennium. Because Christ said the dead in Christ shall rise first in the book of Revelation chapter 20. Now when he said in verse 11, let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, that is the rest, the third type of rest that I described. The first one is the millennium rest. Another one is this healthy state rest and of course the other one is the Hebrews entering the Canaan land is a form of rest those that will enter in from going through the wilderness journey from Egypt when they enter Canaan land is a form of rest but that was not the only rest God was referring to because after they have entered in many years later David was saying today if you will hear his voice are you not sure uh, lest they enter into, lest they will not enter into his rest so now God was referring to the rest of peace of mind. Or oh, God was referring to the rest in the millennium. Because in the millennium Christ will be reigning from Jerusalem. And the Jews that were dead long time before that time, many of them also will be resurrected to be with the Messiah reigning from Jerusalem. The Bible said to Daniel, the angel actually prophesied to Daniel that he will decide we sleep and rest and in the latter days he will come into his own lot which means if you believe that he is going to be resurrected is what I'm talking going to but go down thy way that's talking to Daniel till the end be for thou as Daniel shall rest as talking of he will be he will fall asleep and stand in thy lot at the end of the days so even Daniel knew that it won't be in his time he said you will rest means that he will die and go on and in the end of the days he will stand in his lot which means he will be resurrected to stand in his own lot and that is what we believe that all those people that are righteous will be resurrected to reign with Christ a thousand years so now if God has promised that some people will not enter into his reign that means they will not enter into that one thousand year reign of Christ even though they were Jews even though they they were in the in this generation before Christ if God said they will not enter he means they will not be resurrected with the righteous to reign for one thousand years so God asked what he knew what he was talking about now let's go further and see that the rest, God has promised, we have to pray that we enter in and we have to labor to enter in. That's what Apostle Paul was talking about. Let us therefore labor, verse, chapter 4, verse 11. Let us labor, that is, we have to put on all the armor of God, fight the good fight of faith and walk with Christ to enter into that rest, even the rest of our body at peace, in our body right now, resting from all the sickness and disease and plagues and affliction in the state of, the state of good health is a rest. Say lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Unbelief will make somebody not pass not, not inherit that peace of mind and state of mind because it is faith. By faith we walk with God. And when you believe, he said that if you sail to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast, and do not doubt in your heart, but believe that what you say shall come to pass, you shall have what you say. So when you begin to have what you say, it's a form of rest. When you can say to any mountain, it could be a mountain of sickness, a mountain of disease, and you Put it where it belongs, and you don't doubt, that's faith. Then you have your rest. So let us not have unbelief. Verse 12 said, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. But all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then, verse 14, that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne Unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Praise the Lord. So the Lord is given us that we have to labor to enter into that rest. Let me read again the fact that Christ actually has redeemed us from all the causes that came with the punishment that was put upon Adam. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. Here, the Apostle Paul was telling us that Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law, being made a cause for us. For it is written, Cost is everyone that angered on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So, what is this promise? The promise of long life. The promise of good health. The promise of um, having our needs met. Those are the promises of... We, and God also promised Abraham, said, that we bless them that bless them, and cause him that curse it. Is. So when we are inheriting the promise of Abraham, we have peace of mind. We are in that rest of God. So it's a form of rest. When, our, when all the sorrows and labors are removed from us, it's a form of rest. Let me read again some Bible verses for for us in John chapter 11, verse 25. Gospel of John, chapter 11. Jesus said unto Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me, shall never die it doubt this I've preached on that several times Christ is talking about we have to believe that utterance of Christ to partake of that privilege of never seeing death and God said that again and again in gospel of John chapter 51 the verily verily I say unto you if a man keep my saying he shall never see death and also in gospel of John chapter 5 verse 25 Christ also said verse 25 to 29 let me read that to you Gospel of John chapter 5 verse 25 These are the promises of God And some of them He actually telling us What we will become when we, when we use the power of God That He has given to us To become sons of God What privileges will we have Gospel of John chapter 5 verse 25 In this whole utterance of our Lord Jesus Christ He was talking about He being a son of God And we when we become sons of God We will have this privilege Verse 25 says Verily, verily I say unto you the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the son of god and they that hear shall live now that's talking about resurrecting the dead the day that here shall live that means calling one individual person out of the grave one in the one particular person out of the grave that means there will be a calling of a name he's saying from that time that he was here he, he, he was doing it and in the end he's going to give the rise and privilege to the sons of God so that we will be able to call people out of the graves. when that is accomplished when that is fulfilled when we come to that to that state of the church then we have the Lord God said he has put the last enemy under the feet of the church as the Bible said the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool which is the which we see in the book of Psalm 110 now the last enemy that shall be destroyed is dead. We see that also in the letters of our first Paul. first Corinthians 15, verse 25. And when the last enemy is put under the feet of the church, the feet of Christ, which is the feet of the church, that is when the church can freely call the dead back to life. And this is what Christ was alluding to. He said, the hour is coming and now is. When the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, that means all those that will come to the statue of the Son of God and they that he here shall live individually, call them alive, call them back, not generally now, individually. That's why he said, They that he here shall live. Now he went for what I said, verse 10 says, As the Father has life in himself, so has he given to the Son to have life in himself. That is, the Sons of God, when we come to that statue of the Christ, we will have life, which is the life of God, God incarnating in us since. We ourselves to be able to call the dead back to life and verse 28 said marvel not at this verse 27 said and for as the father has life in himself so has he given to the son to have life in himself and has given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the son of man marvel not at this for the hour is coming in the which all I emphasize that word all. All that are in the graves shall hear his voice. And now that's talking about Christ the Messiah when he shall come from the sky and call all the dead back to life. At the end of the millennium, we'll be that. The same when he's going to call the fall the the the, the dead in Christ, he's going to call say the dead in Christ shall rise first because the trumpet shall sound. And the voice of the archangel. And that is understood. And he said, All that are in the graves shall hear his voice and shall comfort. They that have done good to to the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Now, Christ was talking, referring to this when he was talking to Martha and said, I am the resurrection and the life. He is the resurrection on the last day that's going to call everybody out of the graves. And he is the life that's going to keep those that are going to be living. Is the one that's going to keep us alive. Bible said Christ in us is the hope of our glory. When they are resurrected, they get a new body and live forever. It is Christ in us. And Apostle John also wrote about that. He said, God, the Father has given us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. That is how He has decided to do it. God has given us eternal life. In the epistle of John, 1st epistle of John chapter 5 verse 10 to 12. He said, He that believeth on the Son of God has the witness in Himself. He that believeth not God has made Him a liar because He believeth not the record that God gave of His Son. And this is the record that God has given to us eternal life. God has given to us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. He that has the Son has life. And he that ask not the Son of God ask not life. So, in short, how are we going to get that eternal life and live forever? By getting Jesus into us. And that's why Christ said the resurrection and the life. Christ living in us will make us live forever because he lives forever. He said, Because I live, you shall live also. And that's why Apostle John is saying, God has given us eternal life, He's giving humanity his eternal life, but the way He's giving us right now is he's in His Son. When He gave life to Adam, He created Adam and put Adam in the garden, and that was not to die physically. And then came the the serpent and deceived Adam to sin against God, and then Adam was punished. He has to die physically because God sent him away before he could get his, his, his hand upon the tree of life. Whatever that symbol, tree of life, symbolizes. He didn't get to eat of it, so he couldn't live physically forever. So he was cut short at the age of 930 years, and then, since then, people have been cutting short. But now God said, I have given unto man eternal life, but this is the way he's giving it. He put that eternal life in his son when he came as a woman being. He said, "This—that that is eternal life, and then you are to receive that son of God into you. He's going to be living inside us. Jesus Christ in us is the hope of our glory both Jew and Gentile so anyone that receives Jesus Christ you receive life into you and then you will live forever because he lives forever and that's why he resurrected first and he's going to live inside us and he's living forever and he's going to make us live forever and that's why he said anyone that have the Son has life he that has not the Son has no life Now Christ said I will raise them up at the last day so those who have received Christ and they have died physically He allowed that till the last day because of His plan. Then the last day we raise them up and then from that time they live forever. We that are alive till the day of the rapture or we that are alive and is going to take us in translation, is going to change us here, going to change suddenly in a twinkle of an eye at the last trump. We will change to that immortal body. Christ in us already because the Holy Spirit is in us and then we will live forever. Christ is going to make us live forever and that is what he was alluding to when he said those that are dead will be resurrected and they shall live forever and those that are done good unto the resurrection of life those that are done even unto the resurrection of damnation and that is what I just read in gospel of John chapter 5 verse 25 to 29 now you can see that the plan of God for humanity is great would you like to be partakers of this? If you are of another religion, you have been deceived. You need to come to Jesus Christ. He is the life. Because in Him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. According to the book of Colossians, in Christ Jesus dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And the Bible also said that is our hope. Christ in us is the hope of our glory. And the only way we can inherit that eternal life is by having Jesus Christ living inside us. As we have just read to you, Apostle. John in 1st episode of John chapter 5 that we just read said, God has given unto us eternal life, and this life is in His Son, and in that has the Son has life. If you don't have the Son of God in you, you don't have that life. And that is how God has did it, and He is the one that is doing these things, and you cannot say He has to do yours differently. <laughs> Praise the Lord. This is the way He has decided to do it. When he did it for Adam, Adam lost it. So now he said, I'm going to do it through my son this time. And the son has eternal life and he's going to be living inside us forever. Now remember, the the angel told Daniel that this time, God is making everlasting righteousness. Everlasting righteousness. In Daniel chapter 9, let me remind you of that Bible verse again that we preached about in Somalia psalmist. In Daniel chapter 9, the angel was telling Daniel what will transpire in the 70 weeks. That was a month for, for the nation of Israel. And we know that that 70 weeks was prophetic. But this is what the angel told Daniel. From verse Daniel chapter 9, from verse 24. It says, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression. I have described what that meant in the previous sermon. And to make an end of sins. I have described what that meant in the previous sermon. And to make reconciliation for iniquity. I also described what that meant in the previous sermon. And to bring in everlasting righteousness. That is the one I'm trying to talk about here. The Lord, everything was fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ's coming everything he was describing he was fulfilling the Lord Jesus Christ coming and bringing in everlasting righteousness is what God planned for mankind everlasting righteousness remember Adam sinned even though God created Adam fresh from the handiwork of God fresh from the ground but when he was tested he failed, and that was how he, he sinned okay but God said this time he was going to he's going to bring everlasting righteousness to the man that he's creating in his image we that have been born again and he's been perfecting he's perfecting and that's why he's taking a process you may think well christ will have come by now oh there's a process takes a process to bring gold out of uh, out of the rocks, out of the rubbles so that process is what god is doing he says he's going to bring in everlasting righteousness and then to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the Muslim. but the everlasting righteousness what we are talking about now that christ is to bring in everlasting righteousness and that means Christ is going to be living inside us to make us be to have everlasting righteousness. It has to be Christ in us; is the hope of our glory, not by our own doing it ourselves. When we are born again, that is, He gave us the Holy Spirit as a deposit, earnest of our inheritance. But in the end, it is Christ's life in us. That's why he, Apostle John was saying, "God has given unto us His eternal life," in First John chapter five. He said, "But this life." is in his Son Jesus Christ is the Son of God is in his Son, Jesus Christ he that has the Son has life and he that has not the Son has not life that is First John chapter 5 verse 10 to 12 so, by having Jesus Christ in us is that everlasting righteousness because I am my Father one. there is no way we can transgress God when he is incarnated in us and taking us over completely And yet we are still individual. Yet it's taken us over completely. And right now you may say, well, the Holy Ghost is in you, but you still have your will. And somehow you think that you can still offend because your will is allowed. But when God brings in everlasting righteousness, we become one with the the Son of God and we cannot sin again. We can never sin. Why? Because it's everlasting righteousness. That is the plan of God for we sins of the Most High God. And that is why it takes a process. Like gold has to be. Purified in fire, and all this we are going through as sins of the most high God right here, and as part of the purifying of God. And in the end, Christ said, I will raise them up at the last day, Christ will be inside us, and we have this everlasting righteousness. And we shall never be able to sin against the Father for eternity because we are going to live with Him for eternity and not like Satan that fell and was cast out of the throne of God. Why? Because it was for a purpose. But you see, God has loved us so much that He has planned everlasting righteousness for us. Let us praise His holy name and yield to Him. So as many as has this hope in Himself, purify yourself even as He is pure. Praise he the Lord. Now let me just read some more Bible verses that talks about the redemption of our body. Because this is one of the things that the Lord has planned. But it's like I said, it's a process. In the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 23 the apostle paul talks about the redemption of our body because our body has not been fully redeemed yet and that is why all those sickness and diseases are still having impact upon the human body even when we are saints of the most high god but apostle paul said here in verse 23 romans chapter 8 verse 23 let me read from verse 21. Because the creature is served as the earth shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Now let me read from verse 17 and 18 because Apostle Paul is giving us some some narration here. See I reckon that the sufferings of this present time verse 18. The sufferings that we human, maybe Christians, are going through at this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. This glory is what I'm talking about—the everlasting righteousness, where we shall be glowing like light, just like our Lord Jesus Christ, when He appeared, now He glows. We shall be glowing like that in the glory that will be revealed in us in the end. For the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of god that is we sons of god we we glow even before we leave this planet. some of them will begin to manifest this Verse 20 says for the creature as the earth was made subject to vanity not willingly but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope verse 21 because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of god verse 22 for we know That the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together, until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the spirit, even we ourselves grow within ourselves, waiting, waiting for the adoption, to which the redemption of our body. So Apostle Paul said, they are waiting. We are also still waiting for that redemption of our body. That is when our body is redeemed no sickness can hurt us anymore we will be immortal and that is the plan of God to clothe us with a mortality that we issue from inside us not just something coming and covering us issue from inside us everlasting righteousness Christ dwelling in us will glow forth and make our spirit glow the Bible said the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord which means our spirit is like the filament of a bulb if I can use that uh, technological jargon to describe it when you look at this uh, incandescent light that we use in electricity it has a tiny little wires inside it that is called filament and when you pass electricity to it, it glows and the whole bulb lighted up the room that's one form of uh, light now you can also look at the fluorescent light that also have two contacts at the ends and inside that tube is a gas and when the electricity pass through from one end of that tube to so the other end, the electrons go through that gas that is filling that tube and it's a form of gas, different type of gas and the particles are hitting one another make the gas to glow. So you can see that gas is like a particle. So when something is going through it and it glows forth lights, and light comes out of that gas, that you have fluorescent light. Now that is what human beings have been able to discover, that you realize that Our body is like that, it's like a a shell, inside us is our spirit which is like that particle gas or like that filament that when you pass electrons and what is this electron? That is the power of the Holy Ghost that is going to ignite that spirit and the spirit will make the whole body to glow as light. And we can glow in form of infrared light, we can glow in form of X-rays and you just disappear or you can grow in form of a visible light wavelength and that is what the Lord is making us to understand being an electronics engineer myself that's what he's teaching us to know So that this things is already being revealed to us but human beings will not be able to ever get to it through the laboratory through the test tubes it is only by the power of the Holy Spirit when he lighting our candle like that we shall grow like Christ Jesus Christ and Christ in us is the Holy Spirit in us that is that hope that is make us, going to make us immortal. I've really given you some of this uh, explanation so that you can understand that the plan of God for us is great. That's what Apostle Paul said whatever suffering we are suffering in this, present mind, in this present time, I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. If you have this hope of this glory, it is time for you to seek the Lord. I pray that the Lord will give you understanding so that you can understand this more. And such is Search the scriptures yourself and you will see that some of these things are true. May God bless you. This has been the Gospel Distribution Ministry. Post office box 71027 Phoenix, Arizona 85050. On the internet, our website is gospeldistribution.org. Gospeldistribution.org. Right to us and we shall send you more exhortation. And you can get some of these sermons on YouTube from Gospel Distribution Ministry or from our website. And God bless you. Amen. This is Gospel Distribution Ministry, Box 71027, Phoenix, Arizona, 85050. On the internet, it's www.gospeldistribution.org. Turn us again next week. God bless you.